Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this February the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what do we do on Mondays? We like to take a look at the readings assigned for the following Sunday, which is the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany, February the 12th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Now, where do we get these readings? In our church and other churches like the Roman Catholic Church, etc., there are a lot of readings. It either is a three-year set of readings where every three years the same readings are read, or it's a one-year set of readings. And each Sunday there's an Old Testament reading, a psalm, an epistle, and a gospel. Normally, the Old Testament reading and the gospel kind of fit together. This Sunday, all three readings do a good job in fitting together. The Old Testament is from Deuteronomy chapter 30. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And the gospel is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. So, let's begin with Deuteronomy Excuse me, chapter 30. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, Then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. That, of course, would be the land of Canaan. Now, wait a minute. I thought in Lutheran theology that we are not saved by our works. But it certainly sounds like God is saying that if you obey his commandments, then you will definitely live and multiply. Isn't that salvation by works? Well, the problem is, if you go to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, Jesus talks about various commandments and puts the right emphasis on them. He begins in verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Wow. This is where we get the teaching that we often confess in the liturgy, that we have sinned against God, not just by actions, but also by our thoughts and our words. And notice what the punishment is 
for not only the actions, but also being angry with your brother, saying things to him, and him a fool, or even having a bad thought against him, guess what? You're liable to judgment. You're liable to the council, which is the last day, and you're liable to the hell of fire. Note that it certainly sounds like it is impossible not to sin. So what is God talking about in Deuteronomy chapter 30? That he set before us today life and good, death and evil. That's a very, very important passage because it doesn't say you set before yourself today life and good, death and evil. No, I have set before you today life and good. This helps us to understand a little bit on the basis of our epistle from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is talking to the Corinthians. He says, brothers, now the word brother here doesn't mean relatives. It's talking about those in the Holy Christian Church, male or female, for Jesus indeed is our brother. He says, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. And even now, you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. And then he gives examples in the Corinthian church, how they're still of the flesh. He says, there is jealousy and strife among you. You're behaving only in a human way. One says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. And when you say that, are you not merely human? Because who is Apollos? Who and what is Paul? They're servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Now he talks about himself. He says, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And those who plant and water, they will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Now, in the book of Revelation, that building is the temple of the Lord. This is very important to understand that pastors, teachers, parents, they are workers for the Lord. They don't give the growth, but they give that 
which God causes the growth. God is the one. And going back to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Now, what is God talking about? He's talking about that he has brought his people, the Holy Christian Church, into a right relationship with him. And now you can choose between life and good, death and evil. Jesus here is not talking about through Paul your justification. He's talking about your sanctification. You see, until you are justified, until God creates faith in you through the gift of the Holy Spirit, you are really unable to choose life and good because you are dead in sins. It's impossible for an unbeliever to choose to believe in God. I just had a conversation with an individual this past weekend, and he was under the impression that you, by your own will, makes a choice as to whether to invite Christ into your heart or not. Well, stop and think about that. A person is born as an unbeliever. They have original sin. They sin not only by deed, but thought and by word. Why would they ever want to invite Jesus into their heart? They don't believe in Jesus. They invite Jesus into their heart when he is in their heart. That is, when the Holy Spirit creates faith in them to believe the message of the Bible. We talked last week about the distinction among people. Some say, I believe in God, but that can be any God, the God of the Muslims, the God of the Jews, the God of the Jehovah Witnesses. But a Christian says, not I believe in God, but I believe God. And that's the Holy Trinity. Because there's two religions in the world. The one is the natural religion that man events from his own will. And because everything seems to be an advancement when he does good works, he just assumes that the way to get God on his side is to do good works. But an unbeliever cannot do good works because they are an unbeliever. Their works are always selfish-oriented. They do it to make themselves look good, or they'll do it to make themselves feel good about what they are doing and get a good reputation. But the Christian does good works out of love for Jesus Christ, and that cannot occur until he or she believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that faith comes about 
either through baptism, which is a holy sacrament. That means a holy thing that God transfers to you in baptism the benefits that Christ won for you on the cross. And of course, what's the greatest benefit? It's the forgiveness of sins, which means that God will not hold you accountable for your sins. That is what is meant by forgiveness. And you receive that in baptism, or you may have heard the word of God preached by an Apollos or a Paul, and God gives growth to that word of God. So that if you don't think you sin, just read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus always preaches law and gospel. The law is to show us that we fail in obeying God. The gospel is the good news that through faith in Jesus Christ, we are empowered to begin to do good works with a proper motivation because God regards a good work not by its deed, but by its motivation. This is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. After talking about murder, he talks about adultery in verse 27 and following. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. And so unbelieving Pharisees who don't commit the act of adultery think they're saved because they don't commit adultery. But verse 28 says, But I, Jesus, say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Therefore, he is showing that the sin of adultery occurs not just by a deed, but also by a thought or even by a word. So you only can read Deuteronomy chapter 30 in making the proper distinction between justification and sanctification. Sanctification is the power given to you by God to obey his commandments, to walk in his ways by loving the Lord your God, and therefore you shall and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering. He's talking to the believers as they enter into the land of Canaan. And for quite a time, they were able to defeat the enemies of God in the land of Canaan. He says, you shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess, because I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, 
blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. He says in verse 17, if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. Now that happened to both the northern tribes that were taken into captivity by Samaria and the southern tribes that were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. In fact, it was more than captivity for the southern tribes because the temple was destroyed and the people were in bondage to the Babylonians for quite some time until a new king came and allowed them to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. See, God keeps his word. If we obey his commandments, then we are saved. But that obedience is not what saves us. What saves us is the first verse of Deuteronomy 30. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. We're talking about the life of sanctification. And in the life of sanctification, we are able to do good works before God because of our faith in the true God. We don't believe in a God, we believe in the God, the Holy Trinity, who from before the foundation of the world had declared that the second person of the Trinity would become human flesh in order to die on a cross to have our sins paid for. That's the message of Christianity. And that message is not found in any other religion in the world. You see, there is not a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Both teach salvation by grace through faith. And both teach that good works do come about, but they are not the cause of your being saved. The cause of your being saved, that is the works of Jesus Christ. He caused you to be saved by paying for your sins on the cross and then transferring the benefits of the cross. Remember he said to the Father on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Yes, when we sin, we really don't know what we are doing. We are really speaking out against God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We become like Adam and Eve. Why did they sin in the Garden of Eden? Because they believed not God, they believed Satan, the serpent, thinking that thereby they could become like God. 
knowing the difference between good and evil. That is behind every one of our sins, our desire to become divine, our desire to control ourselves. So that's really important that this is the message not only of all the Old Testament books, but also of the New Testament epistles and gospels. Law and gospel. The law tells us God's will, but it says it in such a way that we realize by ourselves in our natural state, we are unable to fulfill the law perfectly because we do not have the proper motivation in believing in Jesus Christ to fulfill the law. That motivation comes about spontaneously when the Holy Spirit gives us faith. And what is faith? Faith means to trust the promises of the gospel. So Jesus came, much like John the baptizer, preaching repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is an attitude on your part that I have sinned against Almighty God, not only in my deeds, but also in my words, also in my thoughts. And as I come to realize that, I therefore grieve over my sins because in a sense, I'm kind of putting Jesus back on the cross. That grieving is a sadness that results, <coughs> excuse me, in asking God, please forgive me. And as you ask him to forgive you, he does. And that is the second message. Not only the gift of repentance, where we grieve over our sins, but also the gift of forgiveness, where we are confident that in Christ Jesus, he has forgiven us our sins. So when you read the Old Testament, especially Deuteronomy 30, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments, his statutes, and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. That's a promise given to Christians today because the land that you are entering is the kingdom of God on earth, which is the holy Christian church. And when you enter that holy Christian church by baptism or by hearing the word of God with faith being created within you, you then can be sure that heaven after judgment day will be your home, that you will live in that forever. And that in that heaven, you will always be obeying the will of God. In heaven, after judgment day, 
you not only love God, you not only walk in his ways, you keep his commandments, and you never sin. Now, that's really hard to understand, that you will not even have sins of thought in heaven, because you will be so filled with the glory of God. You will so be filled with the love of Jesus Christ that you will be like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden prior to their rebellion against God. They were sinless. They walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. And that will be your experience when you go to heaven. You will be walking and talking not only with the Holy Trinity, but with all the saints that have gone before you. I'm really looking forward to being again with many in my family that died in the faith. And also with many of those who were like Apollos and Paul in watering the ground, in planting the ground with the word of God as Jesus continued to give birth to that which had come to us, namely the faith in Jesus Christ. Christianity is totally different than every other religion in the world, not because it gets you to do works to save you, but it's because Jesus' works save you, and the works that you do are actually a response to having been saved. It's like becoming a child of your parents. That doesn't occur by your works. It becomes true because you're adopted or begotten. We have been adopted by God, and therefore we love to do God's commandments. I'm Tom Baker. Join us tomorrow to look at the hymn, Songs of Thankfulness and Praise. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.